0: We're going to be in a, the book of Ecclesiastes again this morning. We're actually going to be in there for a few more weeks. So we don't want you to forget where that is at. So Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. So if you get around that area of Proverbs or Lamentations is another one maybe it's kind of like I didn't even know that book existed in my Bible. All right? So if you have to use your table contents, that is okay. All right? The smartphones kind of take it out of, you know, they take that. Mis- you know, you know, people always used to kind of like they'd get the tabs in there so they know where everything's at, you know. But, um, yes, yeah, so we'll be in the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon would write four books, Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, um, Lamentations, and Song of Solomon. So. Um, and so last week we, we talked about just the chasing after the wind. And we p- specifically looked at this idea, Solomon addresses this idea of pleasure, pursuing pleasure, And he does all these projects. He pursues all these different things. We talked about that. And he was left disillusioned and kind of, he said, it's all meaningless, right? It's all meaningless, a chasing after the wind. And so we we talked about that and uh, tried to get God's perspective on that. And he kind of is going to come to some similar conclusions with what we're going to talk about today, the pursuit of wisdom and knowledge. And so um, I want us to... We're going to begin in chapter 1, verse 12, and read that through 18, and then read a passage, a few verses out of chapter 2. So before we do this morning, let's just look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank You for Your Word, dear God. It is sharp, it is powerful, and it is able to pierce our hearts and our lives and speak into us. Lord, it is Your truth. Uh, It is like looking into the mirror. We see who we are. Before you, Lord God, and Father, we just pray that you would help us here this morning. Uh, You would guide and direct us, and we give you the thanks, we give you the praise, and we ask it in your name. Everybody said? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses, uh, yeah, 12 through 18 of chapter 1 there. So let's read that together. It says, I, the teacher, was king over all Israel and in Jerusalem. I applied my mind to study and to explore, um, by wisdom, all the things done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has placed on mankind. I have seen all the things that were done under the sun, and all of them are meaningless. Wow. A chasing after the wind. What is crooked cannot be straightened. What is locking cannot be counted. I said to myself, look. I have increased in wisdom more than anyone that has ruled over Jerusalem before me. I've experienced much wisdom and knowledge. And then I applied myself to understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly. But I learned that this too is a chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. And with much knowledge, the more grief. And then chapter 2, verses 12 through 16. Then I turned my thoughts to consider wisdom and also the madness and folly. What more can a king's successor do than what has already been done? I saw that wisdom is better than folly, just as light is better than darkness. The wise have eyes in their heads, while the fool walks in darkness. It's kind of interesting how it phrases that. They have eyes in their heads, right? But I came to realize that the same fate overtakes them both. Then I said to myself, I... The fate of the fool will also overtake me also. What then do I gain by being wise? I said to myself, this too is meaningless. For the wise, like the fool, will not be long remembered. The days have already come when both of them have been forgotten. Like the fool, the wise must die too. Wow. So Solomon is just having a bad day, isn't he? You know, but he, he has some sarcasm. You have to understand, he's writing some of this with sarcasm. And I know some of you have that sarcastic spirit as well. All right? And so there is truth in here, but you have to look at it through his lens of sarcasm and how he's kind of dismantling some of the, the theories or the philosophies of that day and of this day as well. So the first thing that we see here is that, uh, if you're taking notes here, the quest for human knowledge or wisdom and knowledge will leave you weary. And all students said, amen, right? It's true, isn't it? It's true, whether you're in elementary school, middle school, high school, college. Right, Luke? Come on, Luke, I want to hear some amens here, right? It's going to leave you weary, right? It's tired. It's hard work. Um. And Solomon, we don't know if he went to college, but he definitely studied things out. And I don't know if you realize that or not, but you know, Solomon goes to God and says, hey, I'm taking over this great nation from my father David. And he goes, he doesn't ask for power, he doesn't ask for success, he asks for wisdom. And God says, I'm going to not only grant you wisdom, but I'm also going to give you wealth, I'm going to give you power, I'm going to give you fame as well. But people would travel from all parts of the world, of the known world at that time, just to hear Solomon lecture, not on just the things of God, but on sciences, on on just plant life and animal life. God had blessed him with so much wisdom and knowledge that he was like this scientist. And he would reveal these things to them and they would sit at his feet. God had blessed him. Um... But Solomon says, you know what? I pursued all this, and it left him empty. It was meaningless. It's just chasing after the wind. You know, knowledge pertains to what we know, right? Okay? That's knowledge. So we can get that from books. We learn it from people. We learn it from experience on TV. We get knowledge from a lot of different places, right? So knowledge is what we know. Wisdom is different. What is wisdom? Yeah. It's kind of the application of knowledge, right? So you can have somebody that is very very intelligent but they're not very wise. You ever run into somebody like that, right? And then you can have people maybe that have wisdom, but maybe they don't have a a PhD or they haven't been to a lot of learned schooling, but they have wisdom. And they went to that school called the school of hard knocks, right? <laughs> and so they have wisdom. And 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 so they can go together, but sometimes just having knowledge is, doesn't mean that you're the, you have the wisdom, all right? Um, most societies hold education and learning as high up. They, it's an advantage, right? And I, I've really seen that. I think in America, we sometimes take it for granted um, that we have schools and stuff, and yet we know that um, even in, um, in our history, as a nation, that women had a hard time getting access to education, and so did uh, those that were um, were black, right, because of the, the slavery and things like that. They had, ac- had problems getting access to it, and so um, when they had that opportunity, they took advantage of it because it was that opportunity to learn and grow. There are advantages to wisdom and knowledge, um, and I've seen this even like in Africa when I've you have the opportunity to teach uh, di- people in different cultures and stuff. They're hungry for wisdom and knowledge because they know the advantage that that has. There's a hunger there. Um, but Solomon sees some, dis- not disadvantage, but he sees the emptiness of just wisdom and knowledge. Why? Because he says, hey, whether you're wise or whether you're a fool, you're, we're all going to die. He goes, therefore, what does it accomplish, right? Now, I, I would have to argue that if you're wise, maybe you're going to live longer than somebody that is not wise, right? You're going to get there faster, sooner, right? I, I don't know. Uh, that would be my gut feeling. But you know what? Nobody, none of us can control the di- time uh, of our death. And so Solomon says, you know what? We both face the same fate. Now, that does not take into account our eternal reward, but he says we're all going to die, right? But furthermore, he says that there is a weight and responsibility that comes with knowledge and with wisdom, isn't there? You ever thought about that? The more that you know, the more there's a weight of responsibility. The more responsibility you have, the more burdensome it is upon your own life. Um, And I've learned this in pastoral ministry. There's things that I am made aware of of maybe some, a lot of times it's problems and things and it's like, it's kind of like, wow, I wish I didn't even know that, right? Because now I, I feel, Ew, yuck. And, you, and sometimes you open up the news, right, and you find out what's happening in our world. And it's kind of like, I didn't really need to know that, right? With knowledge, sometimes there's a burden and there's a weight. And Solomon, God had blessed him with all this wisdom and knowledge, but then he realized, you know what? With that wisdom and knowledge also came responsibility and some burdensome, they came with it, You know, and as human beings, God created us to think and have plans. It also says in Ecclesiastes that He has placed eternity in our hearts. And we are different, I believe, than the animals, definitely different from the plant life. He has given us that ability to understand time, that there's beginnings, there's ends, uh, Of t- there's that time and season, that there's things that have preceded us and that things are going to come after us. We have that ability to understand that, and we make plans, right? So some of you have already got today planned out, right? And some of you have your week planned out. Some of you are just going to say, hey, we're just going to take it as it goes, right? All right, but we have that ability. But with that, then we we get anxious. We're thinking about things. So how much sleep have you lost this past week because you were thinking and you were planning about something in your life? And often we sometimes get anxious and we we lose sleep over things that we can't control, right? And so Solomon says, because we have that ability, wisdom and knowledge can actually be burdensome to our life. That's interesting, isn't it? The more we know, the more we can worry about what could be. And at times it's exciting and at times it's a burden to our lives. All right? Number two. The possession of human knowledge and wisdom is perplexing. Now we're going to get a little philosophical, right? The curse of the thinker, of the philosopher, is that no matter how he or she ponders, he or she cannot straighten out life's anomalies, nor can they reduce everything to a neat system. Now, if you've taken a philosophy course, they don't teach philosophy in high school, do they? I think you have to wait until you get into college and then you usually have an introductory introduction to philosophy. Usually that's part of your, your first year or two of, of, of college, and you have to get into that. And then you're going to find out there's a lot of different philosophers, and they had different views of, of how the world works, right? But nobody has all the answers, right? Some of them claim to have a lot of the answers, but nobody has all the answers. There's still left, things left unsolved. And that's what Solomon gets at. He says, what is crooked cannot be straightened. And Solomon had all this wisdom and knowledge, and yet there's still things that just didn't make sense. Right? You ever wake up, maybe life or the news or whatever, and you just think, I can't make sense of it all. Why why did this happen? Why did this happen when it happened? It doesn't make sense in our system, right, and how we think. We, we know that we're able to analyze things and we're able to think about things, but yet at the same time, you can almost go into a pit of madness because you're trying to figure it out, right? right? Maybe you haven't gone that far into it, but, <laughs> but I think there are philosophers that have. They've, they've thought about things so much, and they get to that place where they can't make the crooked straight that's what Solomon realized. There's a weight of knowing things and then we have no power to change or to make things neat and all fit into one little box. There's anom- anomalies that cannot be explained or cannot be solved. You know, um, I believe that one of the reasons why people live in so much fear and anxiety is we're constantly being bombarded by the information that not only pertains to our local situation, to Crete, to Friend, to Sprague. What am I leaving out here? Blue River Lodge. Just to our own area, right? But we're being bombarded by news that's all the way on the other side of the world, right? And we're, what, it's kind of like we're getting all that information is coming in. What are we supposed to do with it? Uh, sometimes it just goes in one ear and out the other, one, you know, in our eyes and out. But sometimes it weighs upon us um, and can affect us. Solomon was given the gift of knowledge and wisdom, but he also found that in the process of that gift, there was a lot of great things, but it also, he realized the weight, the frustration that came with it. And um, he even came to the place where he says, you know, it's It's meaningless. But I'm not going to leave this there. So what does that mean? Do we not go to school? What do you think, Luke? Not go to school? Do we not turn on the news, just live, you know, just live with blinders on? Do we not apply ourselves to learning new things? Is that the answer? I don't think that is, but I think the answer is maybe found in Proverbs, also written by Solomon, and then also I want to look at the New Testament a little bit. So before I give our third point, I want us to look at several passages. If you want to follow in your own copy of God's Word, uh, you can. Um, I'm going to hit several of these here. So we're going to start off in Proverbs. So Proverbs 1.7, and so Solomon writes this to his son, and he says in 1.7 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. And it's in the book of Proverbs Then we get to see that there's a connection between wisdom and knowledge being tied to our relationship with God. Okay? And definitely for Solomon, that was the case because he sought God for wisdom and knowledge and God answered his prayer and gave him this supernatural ability that wasn't just human. It was God gave him this ability to understand. All the wisdom and knowledge. And so there was a connection between the fear of the Lord, of seeking God, of living according to God and knowing Him. With that came wisdom and came a knowledge. But we also see there's a connection between maybe what we would call secular wisdom and knowledge and a godly wisdom and knowledge, right? And so we're going to look at Colossians and we'll, we'll know that there was, during Paul's time, there were a lot of philosophies and knowledge out there that necessarily weren't God-based and they weren't even, didn't have anything to do with God. And so people even thought, hey, if I possess knowledge, I possess God. Okay, that was called Gnosticism. And Paul had to deal with some of those things. Um, so there's a distinction between just getting wisdom and knowledge and gaining a wisdom and knowledge that is from God that not only is about having something up here, but it's about how we live our life and live it in a way that glorifies God. All right? So let's look at Proverbs 2, 6-9. through 9. Let's let this develop a little bit. For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk and blame us. For He guards the course of the just, and protects the way of His faithful ones. So wisdom that the Lord gives, that comes from God, it is going to protect our life. It's going to provide us with success. It's going to be a shield to us and protect us. Amen? Wisdom. And then Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't be, let your own understanding be a crutch. Don't lean on that solely. So it's not that we're not supposed to use our, our brain, okay? okay? God wants us to use that. He gave it to you for a reason, right? It's not just filler up there, all right? He gave it to you for a reason. He wants you to use it, all right? But you're not supposed to solely lean on your own understanding. You're supposed to, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Okay, know Him, walk in relationship with Him, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. So again, that connection that when we walk with God, we're going to know Him, know His way, and walk in wisdom. Proverbs 3, 13-18, Blessed are those who find wisdom and who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields a better return than gold. She's more precious than rubies, and nothing you can desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in left hand are our riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is the tree of life to those who take hold of her. And those who hold fast will be blessed. You notice what wisdom is being referred to as a female, as a person, right? We call that personification, right? And yes, in the Hebrew it is, it is female. So women, you can run with that if you want to. Um, it is. But I want you to catch that. The wisdom is almost made out to be a person. Could it be a person? Chapter 8, 17 through 23. I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. Who, man, that just sounds an awful lot like, like the New Testament, doesn't it? pertaining to wisdom here, but it sounds a like, lot like what Jesus would say. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness and along paths of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me and make their treasures full. The Lord brought me forth as the first of His works before His deeds of old. I was formed long ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. So that's where wisdom was. Even before the world came to be, wisdom was there and helped form the foundations of the earth. Hmm, it's kind of interesting. So wisdom and knowledge just isn't a concept. It seems to be something much more than that. So now I want us to go to the New Testament. Colossians 1. Lizzie read from Colossians 15 through 17. It says that the Son, Son of God, Christ Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. What did I just say? The firstborn of all creation. What did Proverbs say? Wisdom. I was brought forth long ago as the very beginning when the world came to be. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, powers, rulers, authorities, or all things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. So this is referring to Christ. And then chapter 2 of Colossians 2-5. through My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, order that they may know the mystery of God. What is the mystery of God? Namely, Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. So in, in Colossae, they were dealing with philosophies and, and arguments that were deceiving some of the believers there. They were empty. They're called empty and hollow. Fine-sounding arguments. Verse 5, for though I am absent from you in the body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see you. And so Paul and then Solomon in the Old Testament, you see that, I, you know, I, I can't say without a shadow of a doubt, but it sure seems like to me that, that we see Christ at work in the Old Testament before He comes in the flesh. He existed when the Father existed. He is the image. He is the exact representation of God the Father. And I believe that when we know Christ, we know wisdom. And so I don't think Solomon was speaking in error there when he calls wisdom a person. And when we, uh, we see other things in the Old Testament where it seems that Christ was there pre-incarnate, when we know Christ, that's the third point. Knowing Christ leads to godly wisdom, blessing, an eternal reward. See, I think the sole pursuit of wisdom and knowledge will leave you weary. It's going to leave you disillusioned. It's going to leave you frustrated. It's going to leave you feeling empty and meaningless. If you just seek after wisdom and knowledge without Christ, it's going to leave you empty. And that seems weird, doesn't it? But that was what the case was with pleasure as well. That when we seek pleasure without God and we get the cart before the horse, it doesn't all make sense. It doesn't work out. But when we put Christ first, He said that if we seek Him with all of our heart, we seek His kingdom, all these things would be added unto us, right? And the same is true here. When we seek Christ, it is in Him that we find the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, and your life will be blessed, fulfilled, and content. I think there is a meaningfulness there. When people pursue advanced degrees, you know what? They can take the attitude. I don't know if you've ever met anybody like this, but they can take the attitude that they know it all, right? You ever run into somebody like that? They know it all. Um, But you also run into people that realize they get the advanced degree and they go, if you're really going to be honest, you find out how much you, you don't know and you have yet to learn, Right? I have my doctorate, but there's still a lot of stuff that I don't know. And he probably wouldn't want me operating on you, okay? Right? There's a lot of things you don't know. We are to set our hearts on Christ. I'm going to have the musicians come. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon points out the shortcomings of human wisdom, and it's he gives kind of two different pictures between Ecclesiastes and Proverbs. And the way I can explain it the best is that one is just that soul pursuit, of, hey, if hey, if my pursuit is just to seek after wisdom and knowledge, it's it's gonna leave me empty. Yeah, I'm gonna maybe be respected by people and but at the end of my life it's gonna be kinda of like, Wow. I have the same fate as anybody else, right? But if we make Christ our first pursuit and we seek him for that wisdom and knowledge He's going to go before us. Amen? He can possess it all, folks. Knowledge, wisdom, pleasure. And still die without hope, without purpose, without the promise of heaven. But you possess Christ, you tap into the greatest source of wisdom that can be found. I don't know if that's going to mean that you're going to get A's on all your tests. But I believe that He can give you a heart He can give you a mind to learn and to grow. Amen? And He can help you. He's going to give you His blessing, His favor, peace, hope, and eternal riches. And much of the wisdom and knowledge found in Proverbs has to do with morality, right? You can be the smartest person in the world and still make some very poor moral decisions that will ruin your life. And Solomon saw that. Sometimes it had to do with money. Sometimes it had to do with sex. Sometimes it had to do with um, what you ate. Sometimes it had to do with who you hung out with. Sometimes it had to do with your work ethic. You read through Proverbs, and he lays it out for us. There's a godly wisdom that will bless your life and knowledge, and that is what we are to pursue above all things is to pursue Christ. The other way is just going to leave us chasing after the wind. But when we pursue Christ, we have blessing, favor, peace, hope, and His eternal riches. Amen? Let's look to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, this morning, if we're here today and we don't know You as our Lord and our Savior, maybe we're very intelligent, maybe we're wise in the eyes of this world. But Lord, we don't have You in our heart. Lord God, I pray that we can pray that prayer of asking you into our heart and into our life to know you as our Lord and our Savior because it's there that we find a wisdom and knowledge that this world cannot, um, cannot buy, cannot possess. It comes from you, Lord. And so, Lord God, I pray that you would guide and direct us, Lord, and um, help everyone here this morning to know you, to know you in our heart, to know you as Solomon did, to fear you, to trust you, to know your wisdom and your knowledge. We ask this in your holy name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Maybe that first part there where it says that you searched the world, and you just weren't finding the answers and the things that brought meaning and purpose, and That's many times why people get into just studying and researching out because they don't understand things, but sometimes we can leave just as frustrated and and with just as many questions as we started. Lord God, that's why you call us to seek you and to seek you with all of our heart, Lord God, that within you are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And when we put our heart on seeking you, Lord God, there's... There's a meaning and a purpose that comes with that, Lord. It doesn't mean that we understand it all, but we know who does. And so, Lord God, I pray you go with us this day. Go with us this week. Bless us, Lord God. Guide and direct us, Lord. Provide us wisdom to live our life in a way that glorifies you, that honors you, Lord. And um, help us to pursue you with all of our heart, Lord we give you the thanks, we give you the praise, we ask in the precious and the wonderful name of Jesus and everybody said, amen, praise God. Good to have you at Radiant Springs Church. Greet each other as you leave. And uh, afterwards, grab some pie from the ladies there at the park and, and check in on Pastor Andy and Lizzie there as well. God bless you this morning.